Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So it is the start of listener submitted week, and we're kicking it off with fucking Tremors from 1990, starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward and a whole bunch of other great people. Uh, it's probably the one we're most excited to talk about during this month. So let's just get it out of the way, guys. Wait, are we? I'm certainly not excited about the next two weeks worth of movies. <laughs> so, I mean, we're ending on a on a solid note, but I also remember that movie kind of sucking too. So here we go. Uh, let's go to the email that we got from Eric Cox. Uh, great last name. He said, hey, guys, new listener here. I started with episode one on your show last Friday, December 8th, uh, while looking for a new podcast to listen to at work. And I'm at episode 48 already and love Good every Lord, minute of it. Man. Uh, I'm not sure if you'll eventually cover any of the Tremors franchise. Disclosure Part 1 is my favorite of all time. Look forward to hearing the rest of the episodes as I move forward through them. Well, Eric, when we voted, Tremors was just sticking out there like a sore thumb among a pile of shit. So, of course, we were (laughs) going to vote for it. Uh, Let's talk about Tremors, dude. This movie's fantastic. Like, I think it still holds up incredibly well. I, oh, I'm so glad that we're in agreement, buddy. This movie is like the last movie I want to do on this podcast because it is not such a bad movie. Like it's not so bad or boring or bonkers to riff on, but it's also not so great to like brag about for me. Like it's just like a <laughs> like I watched this movie for the first time in a very long time expecting I was going to be like so jacked up and I ended and I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) All right. So I, it seems like I'll be taking command of dragging us through this. (laughs) Um, So I will say right out the gate, uh, regardless how you feel about the movie, can we all agree that the VHS cover and the DVD cover is like one of the best pieces of box art that's ever been made. If the fucking graboids could actually look like that. Yes. 
100%. (laughs) It's just a giant version of one of the tentacles with teeth, I finally realized. Because I was like, that looks nothing like any of the Tremors. I'm like, oh, it's one of the the fucking things in their mouth, but they threw teeth on it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it looks... Oh man, and also just like the nostalgia factor of um, just the box art, it just makes me feel like 1992 or yeah. whatever. You know, like it just feels so 90s to me, and it's great. Like I, I have a great emotional connection with this film, and I really wish I hadn't rewatched it for the show because <laughs> it doesn't hold up in my opinion. Like the the graboid, like the the creature design is fun, but the this movie drags ass. You, See, like, and I, I had not good. I had the completely opposite thought. One of my first notes says like the first 20 minutes of this movie just flies. Yeah. Like, but that's not the whole point. The point is like pacing <laughs> for uh, the pacing. When I complain about pacing on our podcast and I do it a lot. Um, I mean, I complain about a lot of stuff on our podcast, but I mean, pacing, I think is my number one gripe uh, because it really is what makes the movie easier, hard to watch. But like, um, I just feel like if you start off strong and then you start dragging ass in the second act because you don't know how to get yourself to the hour mark so that you could then have 20 minutes of sweet shit. Like, this is kind of a siege movie. Okay. I don't like siege movies. They're just kind of like, that's what I hate about zombie flicks is that it's, Okay, we got to deal with these people arguing and trying to decide what they want to do to get out of the situation. Okay, I don't, fair I, enough. I don't give a fuck about that. I just want to see the monsters. Yeah. All right, so here's so here's my notes on on the early part of the movie because I think we can all agree that at least the first twenty minutes of this movie yes. is oh, yeah. pretty hard to complain about. Well, wait, wait, uh, wait. The fir- if your first note isn't fade in Kevin Bacon pissing, I first note <laughs> is Kevin Bacon pissing. All right, good. Well, I mean, but we don't get a cock shot because this isn't Hollow Man. So apparently, so when I was doing research. Um, for other purposes, uh, the opening. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you wanted it what? See Kevin Bacon's penis? Yeah, no, that's what I was looking for. Uh, the movie didn't originally start with Kevin Bacon pissing. The original script actually had a like hobo in town getting taken down on like pulled under uh, right away, but they thought that it was a little too mean spirited to kick off the movie that way. Uh, so they just jumped right into Kevin Bacon pissing because they felt like it kind of fit more of the comedic tone of the movie. Yeah, um, okay. Okay. But the the I feel like this movie in the first 20 minutes does a really good job from a script writing standpoint of you introduce all of these characters, you introduce all the different things that make them their unique characters. Like you introduce Bert and and Val and Ernie uh, Earl and, and like all of these characters and right out the gate in the first 20 minutes, you kind of know like, okay, that's the gun nut. These guys are the handymen. Uh, They solve things with rock, paper, scissors, which is going to become like a reoccurring theme throughout the movie. Like they introduce all of these pieces in a very realistic way that makes all of the characters feel human, which right out the gate is a big benefit over 99% of the movies that we watch where (laughs) none of these characters like robots. This feels like an actual small town. And I kind of like it. My next note immediately after that though, is Jesus Christ. Melvin sucks. Like he is the worst person in, in film. He sucks so hard. I guess that my, I, I I just want to like riff for a second that I do really appreciate this from a, a from a character development and screenwriting perspective, but 
that has nothing to do with the pacing. You know, like <laughs> it, it's totally fine. If we wouldn't have had them stuck in the goddamn store, this movie would be so much better. Because yeah, it's weird because the store slows it down, but I loved when they were when the three of them were stuck on the rocks. Like there's like these weird things where it works, and then other times where it doesn't. Yeah, but I, I get I get the love for this series because it's very tongue in cheek, and it's very obviously tongue in cheek that it's supposed to be like uh, kind of you know I guess it's a horror comedy. I mean, all the Tremors movies are very meta. Well, I mean, the later ones are especially meta. Like they realize that they're living in the real world and so i feel like their real world reactions to the crazy shit that happens with the graboids and it's like once once it's once they realize that there are monsters they're like well there's no point in us bothering to like um wax poetic on where they came from because we're in a life or death situation i love that i mean there's so much about these this movie and the series i suppose from like a from a characterization perspective that i love but i just can't come back to this uh, really anything in the franchise i just can't come back to them and be like i really want to watch that again this is kind of the thing where i'm like when people talk about it at a con i'll be like oh drummers yeah but i don't you know watching them in in retrospect is or like watching them is just harder i feel like we had these the same way we had our whole family we 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 always own just bootleg copies of things and i think that we had a tape of the first three Back to back that I used to watch as a We definitely had the first two. We definitely had the first two. I don't know yeah. if we had the third one. I know I saw the third one. I don't think I've ever seen four or five. Um, now, there's a sixth one that just came out, too. Oh, for Christ's sake. I, I don't have much to say about this movie. I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you'll get that. There'll be moments where you'll feel like you have to chime in, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I was going to say, we get a bunch of deaths like in rapid succession. Okay, the best death in this movie is absolutely – well, it's not even – it's an off-screen death. But when they go up and they find the dead body – Just dangling from the power lines. That That is a really great piece of tension, you know? Because yeah. like, you know as the the viewer, even if this was your first time seeing the movie, you know that's a dead body because, like, you have the – you know that you put in a movie called Tremors, you know? Yeah. Uh, but – but I love it. It's just such a great scene. And that's what this movie is, is it's a bunch of great scenes, but it's strung together with such shitty glue. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked I always liked uh Farmer Fred's head in the sand. Oh yeah, that's pretty sweet. Which <laughs> I think it's just the Pee Wee Herman fan of me, but I was very upset that there wasn't a point where they rhymed a bunch of things in dialogue where he was just like, Fred's dead, we found his head. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rubens, get the fuck off of our podcast. (laughs) What is a huge curveball is you see like the characters in this movie and you can always pick apart who's going to die. And you see Michael Gross's character and you're like, oh, he's done. And this motherfucker makes it through like four movies. He is. (laughs) Isn't Michael Gross in his number six? Yeah. So he made it through all of them then. Yeah. Yeah. Because this that's one thing that this franchise really does. I don't know if I want to say well, but it's what it does is they are like 100% about fan service. I I love Michael Gross's character. Like even, even if I was to stop liking the film Tremors, I would still be like, yeah, but Bert is just fucking a really well done character. (laughs) Like the scene, let's jump towards the end real quick, but the scene where like, he's not understanding that there's monsters underground and the tremor bursts through their bomb shelter, and they've just got a wall of guns, like hundreds of guns. 
and then they're driving away and he's just like doing this little lament where he's just like enough food for five years yeah more more stuff than we could ever goddamn underground monsters (laughs) (laughs) you know i gotta say there are a few things quite as 90s as having his wife be played by fucking Reba McIntyre <laughs> and then her doing the closing credits song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so fun fact, I was doing some research on the people who made this movie. So the writers of this movie continued to write all of the Tremors films um, and even directed a few of them. But they also wrote Ghost Dad starring Bill Cosby immediately <laughs> after this. But what makes a lot more sense is the director of this movie followed it up by directing City Slickers, which like... Oh my God, that makes absolute sense. Like it fits so much tonally with everything. I would have loved to do City City Slickers. Slickers. What? I would much rather (laughs) want to do City Slickers. Okay, hey. Are you thinking about City Slickers or City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold with John Lovitz? Both. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it! You know what's going to happen is that he's going to pick one of those goddamn things for Patreon. Here's the City thing. Slickers two. We could get a good episode out of City no. Slickers one. Is just a decent movie. No, <laughs> like, no, I don't want to watch Billy Crystal in anything. See, but it's you so need annoying. to understand if there's any way I can connect to John Lovitz, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna want to watch that movie, which isn't a good idea because John Lovitz doesn't make a lot of good movies. <laughs> I'd argue he, he hasn't made really any. Uh, <laughs> high school high. <laughs> All you need to know about Brian and I's sense of humor and relationship is that yesterday, out of nowhere, I just messaged him Dr. Evil's full speech about his childhood from the first Austin Powers movie. <laughs> he would womanize. He would drink. He made outlandish remarks like he invented like the question. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will about Michael Myers <laughs> and the Austin Powers franchise, but there's some motherfucking gold. Oh, there's moments. It's moments like that that are just so absurd and just swinging for the fences that it works. Uh, anyway, back to Tremors, which is not absurd or does not swing to the fences. You, they find Edgar's dead body. They find the farmer's head underneath his hat in the sand, which I, I still love that that moment. I. And then the construction workers immediately get killed in the closest thing that we have to blood, which is like a little bit of red meat inside of a a construction helmet. Yeah. Um, Also very Three Stooges style bonkers where he just (laughs) pulled with the hose down the the street. (laughs) Um, So then there's the whole sequence, which I, I really enjoy where they get back to the the uh, convenience store and they've got two of the tentacles dangling on the back of the truck. And there's yeah. like that awkward bargaining over how much they're going to make on them <laughs> with, uh, with Victor Wong. <laughs> they really uh, undersold the themselves. Everything. They super, it was $10 and a Slurpee, <laughs> $10 and a Slurpee. And then they give themselves a very like, yeah, we did it. Look <laughs> like, I think Small I like it. Be- yeah. I like the look that they give each other. That's why I enjoy that scene. I think, um, I couldn't find this anywhere, but I think Brian can defend this. And I think Scott probably could too. I don't know. But every time that the next scene pops up in the movie where the doctor and his wife are in the truck and the truck gets pulled under in the sand, they used that scene for a commercial before. What? And Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was for. I want to say it was for car insurance, but like there was just a commercial that was just the scene, the girl's car 
getting pulled under by a tremor, and then it just said like Geico <laughs> across the front. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah, I can't back you up on that. Fuck! I remember that it was all the time in this area, and I I googled for like two hours trying to find it evidence. Doesn't exist on the internet. It didn't exist. Yeah, it probably didn't happen. Even um, if it doesn't exist on the internet, there'd be some other asshole on Reddit that's writing about it. And if <laughs> yeah. that's not there, then yeah, I think you're uh, thinking of things. Uh, but yeah, so the. <laughs> So then they finally kill the first of the the graboids, I guess we'll refer to them. Um, and there's a couple great lines of dialogue in there. Uh, they get their only fuck you in the movie. <sighs> um, this movie, I've noticed in... I didn't notice it as a kid, but watching it now, I can tell that this movie was shot as an R-rated film and then recut to be a PG-13 film because there's a lot of, like weird replacements of fuck in it and i feel like it cuts really quick before like it could get gory um but yeah there's <laughs> there's the the scene where uh earl asks the grad student Rhonda, you ever see something like this <laughs> and kevin bacon goes yeah Earl, everybody has they just haven't told you about it yet <laughs> um but i still think the design of this creature looks great like i i think that it it looks like they did the whole movie with only one creature, which I thought was kind of interesting. Wow. Really? Um, and they just kept reusing it for all the different scenes to because it was made on like this movie was made for a million dollars. Like it was made on a super small budget for like a universal picture. But yeah, I, I think that for for the little bit of money that was put into making this film, it came out looking really great. And and they they looked better as the franchise went on. <laughs> I think in the third one, I've seen the third and maybe the fourth one, and I know that they started using CGI creatures and that like. Did they do that in oh, the third yeah. one? I feel like the third one was the last puppet. Tremors 3, the last puppet. <laughs> <laughs> also, I super undersold this movie. It was 11 million, not 1 million. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, that makes more sense, especially because it's got Kevin Bacon. I mean, if Fred uh, Ward had that weird time in the 90s when people gave a shit. <laughs> he did this, and then he did Naked Gun 3, and people stopped caring about Fred Ward again. Yeah. Although Naked Gun, th- wait, yeah, 33 and a third, right? Yeah. But he yeah. made his big comeback in Road Trip. Oh my god! <laughs> Fun fact about Nikki Gun Three or Nikki, the Nikki Gun franchise: most people don't know Weird Al Yankovic has a cameo in every movie. <laughs> of well, course, you know that though. Since we're doing fun facts, I think this is appropriate time for fun fact. Kevin Bacon is the star of this movie, and he is also a star in a Christopher Guest movie called The Big Picture, and in that. Uh, Elliot Gold is actually, he's uncredited, but he plays the judge in that. And Elliot Gold was in this movie that was never released called Noah, where he played the voice of God. And actually the person who played the voice of Noah was Michael Keaton, who was in Beetlejuice. That is my six degrees of Beetlejuice for this episode. (laughs) Is that what we're really doing from now on? If I, I think that's if what I can figure it out, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, what, like you're going to be spending that mental energy something on something else? Come on. <laughs> well, this was this was easier because there is a six degrees of Kevin Bacon website, but the rest of the stuff <laughs> I actually really have to try. And our next <laughs> our next episode is bonkers, so I don't know who is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know. There's two people. Oh. Oh, I could get you to Beetlejuice pretty quickly with one of the cast members of next week's movie. Um, oh, nice. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? And then he got to Michael Keaton. I was like, oh, that's right. He said he was going to start doing that. Uh, um, so the, the three of them discover about the tremors uh i think even the design of the creatures like very well thought out like the little fins to make them go faster and all that stuff uh but they end up on rocks which is the scene that we talked about a little bit earlier where they're all just kind of spitballing ideas but none of them are really taking it seriously because it's not really important where they came from it's just important that they get away um and i feel like that scene was in another movie too that we've talked about and i can't remember what but uh oh killer comes from outer space killer comes from outer space also has like a similar episode uh, moment where they're all just like trying to figure out why where the clowns came from but it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um but <laughs> there's the scene where they they realize that they can pull vault to all the different rocks to get into the truck and then ronda is like driving the car through the back window mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh it's just kind of entertaining. And then this is about the point where the movie takes a real crawl for about 25 minutes. Um, we got oh, so Pogu. Do oh, we, go ahead. Do we miss the part where they, um, the, they're stuck on top of the store and everything like that? No, no, we're getting there. We're getting oh, there. Jesus Christ. We got, we got Pogo stick girl. Uh, oh yeah. That's the girl from, um, Jurassic park. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the pogo stick gets eaten and then spit out right away. You know, Melvin's dad dies. Unfortunately, Melvin still lives. Dude, um, Melvin is such a douchebag. <laughs> and and somebody said, I do have a line that says, Melvin, one of these days, somebody's going to kick your ass. <laughs> and then I have another one that says, that means we're stuck. That pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> the one line that I love about Melvin is when they're trying to cause a distraction. He goes, we need to make a distraction. Hey, Melvin, you want to make a buck? <laughs> <laughs> there's this, there's one moment with Melvin that I laugh at every single time, and I don't think I'm supposed to laugh at it, but it's after Bert kills the Tremor, and there's two things back-to-back. First is my favorite line in the entire movie, uh, <laughs> with Kevin Bacon going, uh, be warned, there are two more repeat two more mother humpers and then everyone's celebrating that they killed one and it just cuts to melvin on the roof of this building and he just goes all right dude with like a thumb up it's the most awful 90s thing i've ever seen uh are you forgetting the art the entirety of arcade oh that's true i stand corrected oh god Uh, i can't get that movie out of my life (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, have a note, I have a note that says Rhonda's kind of cute and I'm not just writing this because she currently has no pants on yes so she had to take her pants off and yeah. I hate that it's not I don't know she's it's a very science, unnecessary right? yeah, she's a scientist for God's sake put some damn khakis on there's a there's another line from Bert where they're waiting for them so they decide to get a they call what they call it the wildcat to pull a beat up truck behind it and they're all going to ride in the truck through the mountains uh, and get to safety. Um, And that's the scene where they're going to pick up Bert from his bomb shelter. And he keeps shooting at the ground, hoping to kill another one. And finally, Reba McIntyre yells at him and goes, damn it, Bert, stop. And he goes, I think I scared it. (laughs) I just love how insane Bert is throughout this movie. Um, he gives Melvin the gun with no bullets, which I remember being hilarious when I was 10. Um, but the last, the last note Still that hilarious. I have, 
that's that I have is like Kevin Bacon's playing at the end of this movie fucking sucks. Like it's stupid. It's a dumb plan. But that's the thing is I feel like most of these plans are fucking stupid. But most of them work. It's like, hey, we're going to feed it a bomb and it'll blow up. I'm like, okay, I can understand the logic of that. My last two notes just kind of show how disappointing the end of this movie is to to follow up on you not liking Kevin Bacon's plan. So that the last when they they do blow up that the final third and final graboid or is it um and it looks like a straight dog turd. Like it looks like a <laughs> 25 foot dog shit. And I'm like, man, that's uh, I've never picked up one quite that big. But there's, like, so much, there's so much forced cheering in this goddamn movie. Oh, All right, right so much. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that's how I feel about finishing this movie. Oh, God, you forced me to be happy about it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The smell of the video store. I love this place. Do you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would tell us what was good or not. (laughs) And Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. All right, guys, so we're going to try something new uh, because the way that we record these episodes and stuff like that, uh, it's very hard for us to do the what are we watching this week where it's actually moderately timely. So what we're going to start doing is there's going to just be a bonus episode once once a month of what have we watched, uh, which will kind of be like a roundtable of us talking about what we watched this month outside of the movies. Um, and then for the people who care about what we've been watching, they can listen to that episode. And for the people who don't, you know, you don't have to stop the episode with the last 20 minutes still in time. Um, so because that's what our analytics show us that at least a small percentage of you do. Um, so what I came up with, and I think that this is going to be fun, is we're going to do what's your double feature. So whatever the movie is that we watched, <clears throat> what would be your ideal double feature? Like this was your A movie. What's your B movie? Uh, or vice versa. If this was your B movie. What was your A movie? Um, so 
I'm going to start to kind of give a rough idea of how this is going to go. Uh, for me, I wrote down because I did a bunch of research, right? And one of the original names for this movie was going to be Land Sharks. And this movie is an homage to all of Universal's other films. And you might think I'm crazy, but if you think about it, this movie follows beat by beat Jaws. So that is going to be my A movie. Uh, it's got the, you know, creature POV shots. It's got the like bumps in the ground, kind of like the yellow barrels, letting you know where the shark's at. Even the way that characters get attacked is very similar to people getting attacked in Jaws. So Jaws is my uh, double feature with Tremors for this one. So how many times do you think you're going to pick Jaws as your double feature? Because It might be pretty often. <laughs> I, I've got it for the next four movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. And I feel like I'm spoiling something for you, Matthew, but I feel like after seven plus years of doing this shit with you, you deserve it. Fine. Um, I'm going to pair this with Shrieker. Okay. Shriekers. That's that sci-fi one where the little screamers, robot... screamers, oh screamers, yes, sorry, that that movie sucks. Um, <laughs> Coming soon to Blu-ray from Scream Factory. <laughs> well, Scream Factory obviously has terrible taste. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, uh, Screamers is this 1996 sci-fi horror movie. I want to say it's 96, but it's like on this other planet, and these. What was the whole point of their little these little cybernetic robots? I think they were supposed to like. I think they're there to like wipe out humanity, but they can't see, and it's like all robots. But if they find a human, they like start screaming, and then all of the other robots know where the human is to come and kill them. Like I can yeah. absolutely and see why you spoiler, picked this. <laughs> yeah, but, but spoiler, uh, spoiler alert that there are now they have been able to make different kinds of shrieker or screamers and there is a human screamer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to see what you can grab one. So I don't know if I would do A or B. Maybe you start with tremors to lull your, your friends or enemies uh, into a sense of security because it's, everybody likes tremors. Yeah. They're like, oh, I got your B movie here. <laughs> and, um, you say that grabbing your crotch like Beetlejuice? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I got God, your bro. B movie here. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually do the zipper, the threatening zipper from Howling 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I uh, that you, you lull them into a sense of security with tremors and then you toss on screamers <clears throat> and they're like, man, I think that our, our relationship needs to be reassessed here. <laughs> All right, Brian, what's your double feature? So this will show why I don't have many friends. Um <laughs> And it's just a timing thing. It's just, it, it just <laughs> it just happened that I watched a specific trailer at the same time I was watching Tremors. But anyway, so as we discussed, Reva McIntyre is in this movie. Um, and she was also in a little movie called The Little Rascals. And <laughs> she was the Little Rascals? She was a race car driver in The Little Rascals. And I <laughs> and that was the first that would have been the first time that I thought of the Little Rascals in about 15 years, except I recognized the kid that played Alfalfa was in a trailer I watched in an episode before that I mentioned the Munster Scary Little Christmas. And therefore, that would be my double feature. That is the most obscure double feature possible. All right. So if you go on our Twitter account, twitter.com 
backslash HMN podcast. You'll see a poll with our three with our three double features. Vote for what you think is the best double feature with Jaws. Is it with Tremors? Or sorry, with Tremors. Is see, it- you're already ruining it. You're setting them up to pick Jaws. <laughs> Don't is necessarily just pick Jaws, Screamers, or the Monsters Scary Little Christmas. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Tremors from 1990, as picked by Eric. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Please continue to submit uh, suggestions because this was still the best of the four <laughs> as far as I see it. Um, we will be back next week with another film that was picked by one of you guys. Uh, and I'm just so excited about it. I could dance. Uh, no. so if you would like to have a movie selected for one of our, you know, by bi- yearly uh listener submitted months send us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com and just you know hang out with us on facebook and twitter and instagram and all that cool stuff and apparently i should be telling you to rate and review us on itunes so uh do that also oh also just a heads up uh if you're a listener on soundcloud at the end of the month we're gonna be shutting not shutting down like the episodes will still be up there but there won't be new episodes um if you want to listen to the show every week we highly recommend that you subscribe on itunes uh we're going to be moving to a platform called pinecast which unfortunately one of the downsides is that it's not uh, a user platform in the way SoundCloud is with the shareability. Um, it's kind of more of just a place to to put all of your information with the RSS feed, but the benefits are astronomical for us. So we'll be posting uh, the website instead for you guys to go and listen to the episode on the Facebook page and Twitter. Um, but subscribing to iTunes is great. And this will also allow us to eventually, fingers crossed, get our show on Spotify. So Stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when and if we end up on Spotify. We probably will, though, through Pinecast. So please take some time, if you're a SoundCloud listener, to go ahead and subscribe to iTunes. And while you're doing that, why not just rate and review us, too? It'd be great. All right. Thanks, guys, and have a good one. It was great because you heard the first part of you saying shit, and then it just went silent. <laughs> we hit our PG-13 quotient. Yeah. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.